Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Fantastic. Hey, uh, can we just congratulate Jacob Hook as well? Jacob got fourth at state last week for triple jump. You were there for a few different things. You made up, I think, 800, 400, 200. Is that correct? Yeah, that's what I said. 400, long jump, triple jump, and high jump. And he got fourth in the triple jump, which is massive. So that's fourth in the state. My best was fifth, so fourth is awesome. Unbelievable. Did anybody set a PB this morning in the triathlon? I went good halfway and then the hip went. Personal joke, if everybody does know I've got a bad hip, but it's coming good. Hey, again, like Melissa said, can I just thank the team? And would you just help me thank the team that just, we were away, we were all preaching at another church, uh, Pastor Philip opened that church at night, but it's just awesome that we've got such an amazing team that just keeps things going and keeps things running, and, uh, and we just heard great reports. Uh, and just to let you know, if I'm not in church, it's not that I'm having the day off. We are generally preaching three, four, five times over a weekend, but last week saw a guy with a broken neck that got healed. Uh, he's been taking high-level medication three times a day. If he didn't take the medication, he was nauseous. He couldn't, he couldn't even function. Uh, and I've called him just yesterday, and since last Sunday, hasn't taken any medication, has no pain at all in his neck. He said, I'm just functioning normally as though I never had an issue with my neck. Uh, the pastor's mum has had migraines daily for the last five and six years. She had bulging discs in her back, prayed for her. God touched her, healed her instantly. She actually swore. She said, I've never felt anything like that in my life. She jumped to her feet and then said, God's healed me, which was fantastic. And there was just a whole lot of stories like that. So thank you for releasing us to do that occasionally. And, uh, but it is good to be home. Weird time, but it's good to be home. And, and I just want to say, before I start, I saw a social media post this, uh, this morning that Drew put up. And I, I want to help Maria out. Drew put up a post saying that he was being chased by a clipper-wielding wife, but he got away, and he's kept his bed. But I had a thought. We could raise some money for charity, so we could kill two birds with one stone, we could get Maria happy, and we could raise some money for a charity. I'm just going to leave that with you, and would anybody put money towards that? Okay, I'm in. I'm in for a good amount of money. So, Drew, you set the target, if you're happy to, and we'll raise some money for charity, and I'll leave it with you. Hey, this afternoon, who was here a few weeks ago with Pastor Andrew Gray? If you weren't here, Melissa showed you how to go through the podcast, listen to the message. It was unbelievable. Uh, Just a great message. And I want to follow up from his message today. Um, He talked about the the beautiful attitudes, the beatitudes. And I want to encourage you, go to Matthew 5 and have a look at this if you haven't read this piece of scripture before. But he, he encouraged us to stay planted. And to flourish where you're planted, to be immovable. Life happens, things come at us to be, to be immovable. You know, and about giving ourselves to Jesus wholeheartedly. And I want to follow on from that today. He um, was talking about not being Christians that pop into Jesus on a Sunday and then pop back out again on Monday. And I've got life and God orbits around me somewhere, but actually having our lives orbit around Him. Uh, and, you know, it, it was powerful. But I realized something. I realized I'm soft. I, I realize that, because see, I say things like, Jesus loves you, and he wants to use you, and he's got good things. For you. And he just came along and go, get committed, work hard, serve, give, and enjoy the journey. I thought, I'm just, I'm just soft, so I, I'm going to find middle ground. Is that all right? I'm going to find middle ground, a, bit, a little bit encouraging, a little bit soft, and then maybe every now and then, let's go. 
Hey, has anybody ever seen the movie Taken or the series Taken? Great movie, awesome movie. I think we've got a clip. Can we play a little bit of a clip, Benny? Um, the, the title of my message today is Taken. It's got nothing to do with what I want to share about this afternoon. I just really like that scene. No, I like that. So the story is his daughter's been taken. Guys have kidnapped his daughter. They've taken her, and he's going to get her back. Um, and you, it's, it, in the very beginning of the message, it won't make a whole lot of sense, but it will later on as we get there. But I just love that. I don't know who you are. Anyway. So, so usually you get encouragement from the front row, but my wife's going, you can't do it, so just stop. Hey, uh, if you've got your Bibles with you, turn with me to Ezekiel 37. And starting in verse 1, it says this. It says, the hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out. Another version says he took me. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones, and he led me back and forth among them. And I saw great many bones on the valley floor that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? And I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I'll put my breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I commanded and as I was prophesying, there was a noise and a rattling sound. I love that. So I prophesied. God said something and he did something. And when he did something, he saw something. God said something and he did it. He, he responded straight away obediently to what God said and then God did. When we do what God says, we'll see what God does. God is speaking all the time. So Andrew's talking about staying planted in the house of God and being connected to the will of God and serving God wholeheartedly, not popping in and not popping out. It's because when we pop out, we can't hear what God is actually speaking to us. And God's speaking all the time, but when I'm not in, I can't hear what he's saying. But when I stay planted, when I stay connected, and I'm in him and in his will and in his desire and in his plans, I hear what he's asking. And when I respond to what he asks, I see what he does. So the part of the scripture that I want to look at mainly is it says, the hand of the Lord came upon me and the spirit of the Lord took me. The hand of the Lord came upon me and the, all of us at some time in our lives will have experienced maybe many times the hand of the Lord coming upon us. I remember in 1993, August morning, 1993, standing in C3 at that point, Brookvale, and responding to Christ. I felt like God had touched me. The, the preacher preached and I felt like God touched me and I responded to the message. And I can, I can remember the moment where God touched me, where his hand came upon my life. I remember receiving visions and dreams and felt like God was speaking to me about the future and what he wanted to do in my life and what he wanted to do, you know, through, through future family and things like that. But for some of us, it might be in a moment of catastrophe where we're crying out to God, but we feel his hand where we're in the middle of turmoil and distress, but we feel peace because we feel his presence. Either way, you know, these, these moments are always pivotal in our lives and in our Christian walk. However, what I've noticed being a pastor for some time now is a lot of people allow the hand of God to come upon them, but they never allow themselves to be taken. See, because it says the hand of God came upon me and the spirit of God took me. There's, there's, there's a moment, there's, a, there's a, a, a journey that happens between God's hand coming on us and then being taken somewhere. 
It's not automatic and it's not instantaneous. There's a time frame, there's a process that outworks itself in between the hand and the taking. So I want to encourage us in this today. Is that all right? Because there's a very big difference between having an encounter or a moment or a touch from God and actually having a life that's transformed because I've journeyed with God. And we all have reasons. We've all got reasons why we don't allow God to take us. We've all been there. I I know where God's come upon me and he's wanting me to do a certain thing, but I don't want to because I'm a self-actualized man. I'm intelligent. I know what I want to do. And, and, and it's rare that what God wants me to do is what I really want to do. Most days I'm actually not doing what I really want to do and I'm doing what God is asking me to do. But it's in that place where I live blessed. It's in that place I live fulfilled and contented and ultimately pleased with, with what's outworking itself in my life. You know, we've all got trust issues. We've been hurt in the past. We're fearful of what's going to happen. If I let God get a hold of me, and I let God take me, what does that look like? What does that mean? Do I have to stop living a certain way? Do I have to stop doing, maybe. We've all got reasons why we don't allow God to get a hold of us. Pastor Phil says we're slippery little suckers. It's like that peach in a can, you know, in the, in, and you're trying to get that peach and you can't get that little thing. It's just a slippery little sucker. That's like us. We're, we're slippery little suckers. But can I encourage you, there's no valid reason for not letting God take a hold of your life. If, if you're a Christian and you're in Christ and you've submitted your life, there's, there's no valid reason. Do you know the definition of an excuse is an invalid reason for a neglect of duty? So you may have a reason, why, but it's, it's just an invalid excuse for a neglect of duty. God is calling of each of us to live a certain way, to do certain things, to rise to higher levels in life, and there's no reason that's valid for you not to. Because like Andrew said, God has empowered you by his word. And the word of God is this self-fulfilling prophecy that is empowered in itself. If you take a hold of the word, the word will give you the empowerment to do what the word says. Does that make sense? If, If the promises of God, the Bible says a yes and amen for your life. So if the Bible promises it and the Bible says it, you can have it. You can do it. The the Bible says with God, nothing is impossible. If you have faith in Him, nothing at all will be impossible for your life. So if He's put dreams and desires in your heart, they're not impossible. They may appear as impossible, but with God, they're possible. And He can cause you to, to achieve them. And, you know, honestly, to enjoy the life that God has for us, we must firstly yield completely to His sovereignty. We must move from being Jesus' Savior to Jesus' Lord. Thank you for salvation, that free gift, the grace, the unmerited favor that you've given to me. Now I'm going to make you my Lord. In other words, whatever you ask of me, I'll do. Whatever you... Anyway, looking at me funny, am I preaching too... Is it, have I gone too far towards Andy? I'll just come back a little bit, so I'll be... I'm coming back to nice Christian in a minute. I, I actually think most people's view of allowing God to take a hold of them is that I, I cease to exist. I can't make any more decisions, I can't, I can't act, I can't do anything, I'm, I'm now a, dro- a, droin, a droid. God's telling me, go left, go right, don't do this, don't do that. Do you know, God wants your heart, you can keep your head. When, when you got saved, he just asked for your heart. He doesn't even mind if you make some wise choices for your life with your head. Use your head, use the intellect that he's given you, use the wisdom that you have. He just wants your heart. Because when he's got our heart, we make wise decisions anyway. 
when he's got our heart, we, we live sanely. We live consistently. We, we walk in a, in a straight path. You know, Proverbs says the integrity of the upright will guide them, but the unjust are destroyed by their duplicity. You can keep your head. God just wants your heart and things will work out well. Is that all right? But it's really not like that. It's not like that we cease to exist and we can't make decisions. God won't impose his will on your life. He's a gentleman. He wants to come into your world. He wants to enhance your world. He doesn't want to detract from who you are. He doesn't want to nullify your personality. He wants to enhance it and magnify it because you're made in his image. And you're made in his image and you're given his spirit and then he's calling you forward in life. So he doesn't want to take from you. He wants to help you in all that you do. Um, so, so this girl in the movie, she's being taken and she's at the captor's mercy. But it's not like that in God. She, she's taken and it's against her will. God wants us to align our will with his. He wants us to allow ourselves to be taken. And to, we get taken by so many things in life. Like, like we get taken, the surf is pumping and I'm taken by it. It's, it's, I've got to go surfing. I've got to go surfing. Go to, Noah is taken 24-7 by surfing. We, we get taken by the horse race and we get taken by car race and we get taken by the house. We get taken by the partner. We get taken. God says, will you allow yourself to be taken by me? Because it's nice that you get a fuzzy feeling and it's nice that the healing came and it's nice that, you know, provision was made. But will you let yourself be taken by me wholeheartedly, cheerfully? Will you, will you allow yourself? And here's the thing. Most people resist, but God wants us to receive. There's, there's nothing else to it. You don't have to do anything. You just have to receive. Benny, can we show the video of, of the potter and the clay? This is, this is a scripture I want to get to today. I think it'll help us. So God spoke to Jeremiah one day, and he said, go down to the potter's house, and I'm going to talk to you there. So Jeremiah said, so I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he brought a work on the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the potter's hands. You know, sometimes that's how our lives feel. Something comes along in life and just totally messes up our life. I love the story of the potter and the clay because he didn't stop there. Jeremiah was watching the potter, so he made it again. I seemed good to the potter to make it. And then God began to speak to Jeremiah. And he said, Cannot I do this with you? For as clay is in the potter's hands, so are you in my hands, O house of Israel. I love this piece of scripture, really cool piece of scripture. I'm going to read it one more time. I just wanted to do that as a visual this afternoon but in, in Jeremiah 18 starting in verse 1 it says this the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying arise and go down to the potter's house and there I will cause you to hear my words then I went down to the potter's house and there he was making something at the wheel uh, and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter so he made it again into another vessel and it seemed good to the potter to make then the word of the Lord came to me saying O house of Israel can I not do this with you as this potter, says the Lord. Look at this clay in the potter's hand. So are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Israel at this time of history was backslidden. 
They were away from God. They had false gods. They were living in a way, in a manner that wasn't in keeping with what, how God wanted them to live. And it's talking about the fact that our lives aren't perfect. The, 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 pot, the, the clay was marred. It had lumps. It had bumps. It had air pockets. It had rocks. It wasn't as the, you know, the, the, the potter couldn't do much with it, so we started again. And what, and, and what I like about this is that, and it seemed good to make him again. And it seemed good to reform and reshape the, the clay again. And that's like our, our lives essentially are like this lump of clay, formless and marred. Until we allow ourselves to be taken by God, to be held in the hands of God, and to, to allow him to shape us and make us and form us, to get rid of impurities, to get rid of uh, th those lumps and bumps, those rugged edges, those old habits, those old ways of thinking. And he, he wants to get a hold of us, but unless I allow myself to remain on the wheel, unless I allow myself, and, it's, and the process is hard because I'm spinning around. And I'm, on, and I'm spinning around, and I'm spinning around, and I'm spinning around, and I'm getting dizzy. And I'm feeling like, God, what the heck is going on here? And I'm feeling dirty, and I'm feeling pressure, and I'm feeling, what's going on? He says, trust me, I'm trying to make a masterpiece. Your life may not be perfect. There may be some rough edges. There may be some thoughts that you struggle with and challenges that you face. But if you will stay on the wheel, if you will stay planted and grounded in the house of God, if you will find yourself in the great soil and let your roots go down deep, God will do something with your life. Amen? I want God to do something with my life. And as, as, as I read this, I, I just want to point out, I know it's very obvious, but I'm a little slow. He is the potter and we are the clay. He's the potter, and we are the clay. So often I find people going, come on, God, get on the wheel. Get on the wheel, I'm ready for you. Get, God, I'm ready for you. I've asked you in my life, I'm ready for you. Get on the wheel. I'm going to shape you up because there's a, there's a God that I want. There's a God of provision. There's a God of healing. There's a God of salvation. God, get on the wheel. Come on, get on the wheel. He's like, hang on, hang on, hang on. Time out. You get on the wheel. Because we don't so much like the God of discipline or the God of correction or the God of we just want the other God but he says hang on get on the wheel we're going to have some fun we're going to spin a little we're going to but get on the wheel it says in Isaiah 64 8 yet you Lord are our father we are the clay and you are the potter we are the work of your hands Jeremiah 1 says before I formed you in your mother's womb I knew you before you were born I sanctified you and I ordained you as a prophet to the nations I love that I don't know about you I love reading the Bible just read the Bible, honestly. Get a Bible reading plan, get a Bible. Just, just read the Bible. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. God knew us. He knew you. He thought about you. He's got thoughts towards you. When, when we sit there in that corner, woe is me, nobody knows this me, nobody likes me, nobody. He's like, I thought of you before you were even born. Before you were thought in your mother and father's mind, I thought of you. And I wanted you, and I created you. And not only did he create us um, specific, he made us purposed. He says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. I formed you, and I know what your future looks like, and your future is good. Your future is awesome. Your future is blessed of me. I'm getting back into nice Christian now. <laughs> I know who you are. I know what you can be. Don't get off the wheel. Don't get off the wheel. 
Romans 9.21 says, does not the potter have the power over the clay? Does not the potter have the power over the clay? Yes, but only if the clay stays on the wheel. If the clay jumps off the wheel, the, the hand of the Lord came upon me, the Spirit of God took me. If we remain slippery in life, God has no control. But if we stay planted, God can shape up and form up and smooth out our lives. So often we're, what's the direction of my life? What's the call of God for my life? What should I be doing? Just stay on the wheel. And he will lead you and guide you. He will open doors for you. He'll shut doors that he doesn't want you to go through. He will make a way where there seems to be no way because he is God. Amen? All right. So here we are. Big lump of clay spinning around and around and around and around. And then God does certain things for us. So what I really want to do, just quickly, is just look at the way that God shapes us up so that we can learn the process and we can stay on the wheel. Amen? The first thing I'd say is, I don't know if you noticed it in the thing, he pours some water over us. Water here representing the Holy Spirit. God has released the Spirit of God into the earth, into the, so that you can be refreshed. So that, see, because you can't form clay unless there's water. You can't shake, if that, if that lump of clay that's raw and tacky and sticky is just spinning around and around and you grab that with your hands, it's just going to mess up and it's just going to stick and grab and parts are going to fly apart. And I see Christians that just don't allow the Holy Spirit to get on them and they'd love to change and they'd love God to do a work in their life and they'd love, but they're not allowing the Holy Spirit and the water, the refreshing waters of the Holy Spirit to come upon them to make things work. To make things, see, and the water keeps us pliable. The Holy Spirit, when I allow the Spirit of God to wash over my thoughts and to wash over my attitudes and to wash over my attitudes, I stay pliable. And I realize when someone says, why are you doing that? I go, yep, shouldn't do that. Why are you thinking that? Yep, shouldn't do that. I'm dancing, I'm getting ready for the Christmas production. But it's, 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 the, it's the Holy Spirit, which is a gift given to each of us, which makes things work, which makes things lubricated and pliable and elastic it's it's like i've got this ability to just flow with life and roll with the punches because the holy spirit is on me and things that would get me upset or things that would take me out or things that would get me annoyed don't because i'm filled with god and and the holy spirit is upon me and i'm staying calm and i'm staying peaceful because that is god it says in john 14 verse 16 and i will ask the father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you he is the holy spirit who leads us into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it, doesn't, it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you. Uh, he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. I love that. John 16. Uh, John, yeah, John 16. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. The Holy Spirit is our helper in life. The Holy Spirit will guide you. The Holy Spirit will bring wisdom to your life. The Holy Spirit will sustain you and empower you to get through life. Just stay on the wheel and let God get on you. Amen? Amen. This is, this is a part of the process. God says, I want, to, I want to change you. I want to form you up. I want to make a masterpiece. I'm going to have to help you. Our helper is the Holy Spirit. Um, and you know, and just as the potter must continually apply water to the clay to keep it pliable and flowing in an elastic state, we need the Spirit of God daily flowing into our lives. Um, 
you know, I wrote down here just before, for us to reflect the created nature we've been given, we must allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in our lives. Not resisting or opposing, but embracing the transformational work that He wants to do in our lives. You know, God's plans for your life are bigger than the dreams you have in your heart. Do you realize that? I think, oh man, I'm dreaming big, oh, I'm thinking big, oh, I could do this, I could, I could help people this way, I could do this. God says, what I have for you is so much bigger, just let me get on you. Let me work through you. Let me change you. Just stay pliable in my hand and watch what I could do. Amen? That's the first thing. Then the second thing is he allows some pressure to come into our world. Did you see the, the potter? She cut the top off and then she started pushing her fingers down into the middle. You ever felt like that? God, I'm in you. What's going on? And I know you're working on me, but I feel like I'm being tugged and I'm being pulled and there's pressure. And what's going on, God? I thought it would be easy. I thought it would be easy, Michelle. What's going on? You ever felt like you felt like something's just grinding down on you? I'm a Christian now. I've been a Christian since birth. This is just hard work. <laughs> Hi, my name's Christian. God allows pressure to come our way. He's not adverse to you feeling some pressure in life. Pressure's good for you. Sometimes we just got to suck it up, put our boy and girl britches on and just march forward facing pressure and challenge and trial knowing that I'm going to come out the other side stronger you know without pressure you don't get diamonds pressure is just a lump of coal that's been sorry a diamond is just a lump of coal that's been put under pressure for a very long time God is trying to create a masterpiece God is trying to create diamonds and so often we get off the wheel because man you know what this this is it sucks, basically. It's just tough. And, and I'm in the middle of a challenge. And God, where are you? And what are you? He goes, I'm trying to make you. If you can stay with me. If you can walk through. I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm not going to abandon you. I'm going to walk through this challenge with you. I'm going to be with you every step of the way. When you find yourself in the fire, you won't be burned. When the flood waters rise, you'll be there. You'll rise above them because I'm with you. You can't, you can't, die. You can't be crippled by this thing when I'm with you. Keep me in your boat. Keep me in your life. Keep me in the center of what's going on and you will succeed. Amen? I, I was thinking this. Without the pressures and challenges in life, we would never develop, the, the, develop and become the giant slayers and water walkers that we've been created to be. You don't walk on water unless you have to. You don't, you don't slay a giant. Pressure comes, but pressure creates. David wouldn't have become a king unless he first took down a giant. And before that, he took down a lion. Then he took down a bear. Then he faced a giant. There was pressure in his world, but the, the pressure created the man and created the giant slayer. And he, and he became such because he faced challenge. And he, there is pressures in our world that is good for us. Don't run from it. Embrace it. Thank God that he's in the middle of it with you and keep moving forward in life. You know, uh, pressure is never a problem. Our response to pre the pressure we face can be. How I respond under pressure usually causes the issues in my world. You know, the Bible says get angry but don't sin. It's all right to have feelings and emotions, but just channel those in the right direction. And I was thinking this afternoon that a river that is, is raging and, and spilling over its banks and, and heading down towards a township can be catastrophic. But that same volume of water flowing from a dam can be used to create hydroelectricity, we can, we can tap that energy. God is saying, use the pressure that comes against you, channel it in the right way, and it will empower you for the future I've called you to. 
James 1 verse 12 says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. I love that. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. We don't falter. We're not weak. We are strong because we are empowered of heaven to move forward in life. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man, but God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Stuff happens. Life happens. But God will empower you when you stand strong and you remain committed and rooted in the cause. The next thing is this. He allows us to feel some heat. I don't know if you know of the, the, the pottery process, but not only does the lump of clay get thrown down onto the wheel, not only does it spin around a whole lot and then some water be applied and some pressure and some molding and some manipulating, but even when the, when the vase or the bowl or whatever is finished, it's not finished. It looks finished, but it's not finished. God, why am I feeling this heat in life? I, I thought I've been through some pressured times, but now I'm feeling heat. Now, now I'm feeling emotions that I haven't felt before. Now I'm feeling, you know, a, a multiplied effect of pressure in my life. What's going on? And the heat re- represents choices we get to make in life. What I love about God, we get to make choices in life. We're not droids. We're not robots. We're not, you know, numbats that just walk around without thoughts. But what, what does God want me to do? What does God want me to do? He's like, no, no, no. We, we get to make choices in life. There's free will for all of our actions and all of our life. And, you know, I was thinking about things didn't work out like I thought they were going to. So what am I going to do? Am I going to get angry? Am I going to get depressed? Am I going to pull back? Or am I going to get happy and smile despite my circumstances and keep walking towards my victory? What am I going to do? I'm feeling some heat. See, that, that, that bowl, that vase has to be put in the furnace. It has to be placed inside the heat for it to actually set until it hits the heat, it's still just a, a lump of clay that's been shaped. Now, you leave that lump of clay and eventually it will fall. It will, it will lose its shape. It will, but God's not, God wants us to remain. God wants to sustain us. He wants to shape us and then make us strong. So we have to face some level of heat in life so that we can be strengthened and hold the shape that he's created. It says here in Isaiah 48, verse 10, it says, Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tried you and chosen you in the furnace of affliction. God's looking, who's going to remain? Who's going to stand strong? Who's going to allow themselves to be put, not only through some times of pressure, but also walk through some heat when people are against you? What are you doing at that place? What are you doing with your life? You've given your life to Jesus. What are you, what are you thinking? Are you, he wants us to stand. He wants us to be strong. He wants us to remain because we will never achieve the vision of Noosa, a city for Christ, or, or the Sunshine Coast being touched by God if, if we wilt under some pressure, if we give in when a little bit of heat comes against us. Is this all right? I know I'm preaching a little harder. I think the spirit of Andy got on me this week. I'll shake it off, and next week we'll laugh. And now Melissa's telling me we're all right. 2 Corinthians 4 says this, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is just for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and internal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. I love this. I love, I love the Word of God, just how succinctly it puts it. We, oh, hang on, where'd you go? We do not lose heart, 
the pressure I'm facing right now, the heat I'm facing right now is temporary. It's temporary. You will not walk through this forever. You will not, you know, will not be challenged like you are forever. Don't give up and don't give in. Keep walking. Keep smiling. Keep praising God. Stay in faith. Stay up and watch what God will do for you in your life. Amen? Without the heat, we would, nev- we would again never be strengthened for future battles. We will face and we wouldn't hold our form. God wants you to hold your form. He wants you to hold your form. You know, you'll, you'll, hear, um, you'll hear personal trainers talking about form and core and holding strong and bracing yourself. It's the same with us in life. You know, it says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty in God until the pulling down of strongholds. That, that we don't fight, fight flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. We've got to hold our form. And you know what holding your form will do? It will allow you to lift greater weights. It will allow you to go further. It will allow you to achieve more just because you hold your form. The person that holds their form will do far more than the person that's just erratic and swinging around and doing their thing. Simply, not, not because they're strong, but because they've got better form. God wants us to be men and women of form, men and women of faith, men and women of conviction, men and women of integrity that, that simply do what we say and, and live what we believe. Amen? Last thing is this, Ben, you might want to come. He makes us wait. I hate this part. God, I want patience and I want it now. Give me patience. God, would you just give me patience? He makes us wait. So here's the deal. We, we, we get the vase and it's, it's the clay and it's thrown onto the thing and a bit of water's added and some pressure's added and some heat's added and then it's put on a shelf. I was like, God, I'm ready now. God, I'm ready to be used right now. Use me, God. However you want. God, I want to be used. I want to be successful. I want to help people. I want to, God, God, use me. Use, I'm ready to be, he goes, just wait. The way we are formed is to wait in his time frame. To wait, you know, Ecclesiastes says there's a time and season for everything under heaven. And you'd think, oh yeah, well, most people would flip out when the, when the Holy Ghost gets on them. Or most people will flip out when that pressure comes. Or, or most people will flip out, they'll pop out of God, pop out of church, pop out of commitment when the heat comes. But I've got to tell you, most people pop out of God during a time of waiting. God, I feel like right now I'm ready. I'm going to take over the world. Right now, God. Just, just wait. Is that enough, God? Do I have to wait any long? God, are you kidding me? Are we ready yet? Have you ever, you know, when Noah's ready to go to the surf, he's ready to go to the surf now. Now, there's four other people in the family, but when he's ready to go, he's ready. Now, Dad? Now? I've got everything in the car. I've packed everything. I've got the bucket. I've got, I've got the boards. I've got the, I've got the towels. I've got the board shorts. Dad, now? No, mate, we've got to wait. Now? Patience and waiting is frustrating. But it's during that time that God will speak to you. And I've found that during those times that God speaks the clearest. Not necessarily the loudest, but definitely the clearest. And I've had, a, I've had this question weighing on my mind, weighing on my heart for months and months and months. And it's in that moment that God says, here's the answer. Here's what you should do. Here's who you should speak to. Here's the door you should walk through. You see, you don't get any of this by popping in and popping out of God or popping in and popping out of church or popping in and popping out of faith. Or got to wait. I love in Isaiah 64, it says, God works for those who wait for him. He meets with those who rejoice. We can do life in our own strength. We can do life in our own intellect. We can do life in our own impetus and and passion. But God says, what I can do 
in a moment will exceed what you can do in a lifetime. Just, just wait for me. I will work for you. I'll work on your behalf. I'll go, but God works for those that wait for him. I love Isaiah 40, verse 31. It says, those who wait upon the Lord. Not those who work for the Lord, those who strive for the Lord, those who press into the Lord, those that pester the Lord. Those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They'll rise up on wings as eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and will not faint. Is that there's a process that God takes us to and it's painful and it's messy and it's, I'm getting dizzy. But at the end of it, God says, I see perfection. If we can allow ourselves to remain on the wheel, whether your life's perfect or not, God sees perfection. He looks at you and he goes, that's my son. That's my daughter. That's my creation and I can do something with it. I've made them useful. I've, I've made them purposed and I see perfection. Why don't we just stand to our feet? It's been a funny old afternoon. It's been a good one though. Still feeling naughty. I I should have been here this morning. You're very quiet. You make me work hard. Every week you make me work really hard. At this, was that all right? God is for you and not against you. And, and here's the thing. The thing that we're called to is a rugged war, a rugged battle. And if we think that we're going to just tiptoe through the tulips and see Noosa one to Christ, we're kidding ourselves. And, and the church that I see is a church that is strong and a church that has guts and a church that's willing to pay a price to go out and see souls saved. The reason we exist as a church is not to get warm fuzzies and tingles on a Sunday. The reason that we exist as a church is to grow in God, to come together and, and celebrate corporately, but to go out empowered to reach the lost. You see, I saw people healed last week. I want to see that every day. I want to be able to walk down the street and just pray for people. They, they get healed on the spot. And I want you to do the same. I want faith to rise up on the inside of each of us that says, you know what, God, your will and your way. I'm, I'm, I'm submitted. I'm, I've, I've laid down my life. You know, what did Paul say? He said, my life's not my own. I'm dead. I'm a dead man, but I'm alive in Christ. And I'm found, and I'm on the wheel. And he's shaping me up. You know, I, I need to stay on the wheel because God needs to keep working on me. There, there's rough edges. There's things that need to be worked out in my life. And I go, I, for your sake, I've got to stay on this wheel. But for my sake, you've got to stay on that wheel. Every day, seeking God, reading his word, praying, listening to the Holy Spirit, allowing God to shape us up, to reveal things to us, amen, so that we can be all that he calls us to be. Let me, let me read this, just this little statement. Religion says God will love us if we change. The gospel says God lo God's love changes us. You don't have to strive for the change. You just got to stay planted. John 15 says, abide in me and I in you and you'll bear much fruit. Stay connected to me. Stay connected to the plans that I have for you and life will work. Amen. Why don't we just lift our hands. I just want to pray over you this afternoon. Next weekend, we have Michelle preaching. It's going to be phenomenal. It's going to be a brilliant morning. So bring your friends. She's a powerhouse. She's an evangelist. She's, she'll get people saved. Bring your friends to the house of God. Can I, can I ask you to make a commitment to me before the end of the year? There'll be somebody connected to this church because you made the effort to step out and love on them. You made the, the effort to step in and say, you know what, you've got some issues in your world. You need to come to my church because they're going to preach truth and they're going to preach life and you're going to feel good about yourself. Amen? 
Father, I thank you for every person that stands before me today. God bless them. Bless their world. Favor them. Go before them this week. I thank you, Lord, that, that as they allow themselves to remain under your hand, that you will, you will go before them, that you will not only shape them up, but you'll shape their circumstances up. Bless them, be with them, favor them in the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's give God a mighty hand clap. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Visit us online at c3noosa.org.